You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. Last week, we talked about God's extravagant love for us, that Jesus is obsessed um, with all of humanity. And uh, we saw that when Jesus washed the disciples' feet, um, it was an example of how the disciples were to serve and love others. And it was a revelation to the disciples of Jesus' love for them and all humanity. So lots of really great things took place when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet. And and yet even in all of this, and even in that moment, Jesus going to the cross, which which really was the pinnacle of his love, it was it was the, the highest the highest level, and uh, it was it was the greatest display uh, ever of his love to mankind, and it it's like it's the greatest display of his love ever, and it will be the greatest display that we will ever uh, know. And he had no guarantee, though, in all of that, he had no guarantee that we would respond to his love. And again, that that when we when you really think about that. Uh, that truth and that that reality it's so amazing that Jesus still just went to the cross knowing there was no guarantee how we'd respond and um, this is the love God calls us to to receive and to live from and to give it away this love where we will love others um, in such a way that we may not know how they'll respond to that love that Jesus has so freely poured into our lives but we're to love others anyways in that way in that capacity and so we took time at the end of the service it was a bit of a a time where we just reflected a bit more and uh and asked God to give us a fresh revelation of his love for for us and um and then from that place we'll be able to love others and uh and we 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 recognize that we need that love so that we're we're not loving from our from our capacity but from the heart of God, that we're not loving from our strength, but the love that he has freely poured into us. And I think often in my own life, I've tried to love from my own capacity. And, uh, and I know that I fall short when I, when I do that. And so it's so important that we, that we receive that revelation, that we regularly, in a sense, uh, get filled with his love so that we can freely love from that place. And, uh, so this evening, we're going to look at a passage of scripture that is that's really uncomfortable. It's um, it's challenging, and it goes against what would probably come naturally to many of us. Um, and yet, it's what God Jesus calls us to. It's what He instructs us to be doing. And um, so, if you will, I guess it would be this tough kind of love is what we're going to talk about tonight. And it's found in the the Sermon on the Mount, and the Sermon on the Mount, we know it's a number of, of chapters and there was a, there's a lot of depth and a lot of, um, challenges, I think, in, in the Sermon on the Mount. And, uh, what's important to understand with the Sermon on the Mount was that, um, many would have heard the message, um, but the words were actually directed at, um, those that were already considered followers of Christ. And, and so the rest of the crowd would have heard the message, but it, 
it would have been more about, um, they would have went away hearing the message with a greater understanding of what discipleship meant. But the message itself was directed at the followers of Christ. And I think what's important with that is sometimes we, um, as believers, expect unbelievers to live a certain way when really we should not expect that because they have different standards than we would as believers. And so in this particular case, Jesus is speaking to followers of Christ. And so that is tonight, again, as we look at one of these stories from the Beatitudes, we need to remember that this was directed at us um, as followers of Christ. And so that's where we're going to go tonight. You know, there was, um, I think it was this year, and Silas was at school. And to be honest, it was probably a little bit more about boys being boys on the playground. A little bit of rough housing, a little bit of uh, rough play during football. But in this particular case, without going into all the details, one of the boys did something to Silas, and so Silas decided to basically push him back, and then this kid decided to grab him by the neck and kind of throw him down on the ground, and and uh, and then they got up again, and something else happened, and then obviously one of the kids went and told one of the teachers, and they split it up, and uh, and then we got a text from um, maybe one of these situations. We got a text from, like, Miss Ashraft, and she said um, that... Uh, that Silas has been a bad boy and that we need to talk to him or something like that. It was really funny. But it was one of those situ- <laughs> It was one of those situations that that Silas came home and after telling the story, um, I didn't do this, but in a sense anger and sort of hatred towards this other kid rose up in me where I wanted to to protect Silas and take this kid out. And I know he's in year five, but <laughs> But it's like I wanted to find the kid and deal with the situation, right? That's that's sort of what happened inside my heart. Now, obviously, I did not do that but because that could be really bad. But it's it's that that's what happened. In that moment, that kid to Silas, in my opinion, was like his enemy. I know they were just being boys on the playground and they are just doing their thing, but it was like this enemy. And... Uh, a number of years ago, remember last week I said um, this could have happened like five minutes ago or two years ago or ten years ago. Whenever I say a number of years ago or just this happened the other day, whatever, that could be between now and ten years ago. And so um, it was a situation that happened with Kyla. And again, I won't go into all the details, but there was somebody that she kind of came into contact with. And this happened to be in the church. And uh, they they just really mistreated her. And she was really... Uh, sort of standing up for what was right. And and in that situation, things got a little bit tough, a little bit ugly, and Kyla got hurt, and, and there was just some things that took place. And um, I remember in that particular case, now this individual was much bigger than me, and it would have been way harder for me to take him out. Um, but again, there was this sense of anger and hatred that sort of, I, I guess it didn't really rise up in me, but you want to to kind of take care of business and and respond in a way that would be retaliating as opposed to maybe with God's love. So here's a, a couple of, you know, personal sort of situations that happened to us in the past. And then another one that's happened to us that would be sort of um, challenging for um, us as a whole was that when, um, when I ran Boston Marathon, um, we all know at the end of that race, um, 
two bombs exploded and obviously wreaked havoc in the city of Boston and really globally. And um, in that particular case as well, there was this sense of, of hatred that rose up in obviously maybe myself and Kyla and, and, and many other people that were directly or indirectly impacted by that situation. And, uh, and I, I think obviously the scale of what took place in Boston and the scale that happened to Kyla and the scale that happened to Silas are, are, are very, very differing, uh, situations. And yet, when I think of the lives that were lost in Boston and the lives that will never be the same in Boston and people again that, that were there that particular day, there's this sense of, of revenge that rises up in you and says, we, we've got to deal with this. And I know justice is being served on a legal side of things, but there's this sense of how dare you and that sense of we need to just respond in hatred. We need to respond with uh, retaliating. We need to do this sort of thing, right? That's what takes place. Um, but Jesus challenges us to respond differently. He challenges us to respond differently. And, and I guess the question for us is, what's going on in your life? What's, you know, how would you respond? And how are you responding? How do we respond when we're faced with these situations where our natural tendency is to just rise up maybe in hatred or rise up and we need to retaliate and rise up in the sense that we need to take care of what's happening and we want to do it in, in, our, in our own way, so to speak. And I think all of us have been there in some way or another. There's global scales of things that just are horrible that are taking place. And then there's other things where we, we, we find that maybe right within, you know, the context of some of our, uh, the people that we sort of do life with where we can, something happens and, and there's this, this something rises up in us where we, where really we're responding in hate or we're responding in ways that are not how God would want us to respond. So let's just read what Jesus says about our enemies. So Matthew 5, 43, 48, it'll be up on the screen. It says, you have heard that it was said. I wrote it wrong. Love your friend, right? Love your friend. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? And not even the tax collectors doing that, or not even the tax collectors doing that. And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Last week, we took time to ask God to give us his capacity to love others. And we all, we all sort of wanted that, right? We all, whether we were, you know, whether we checked out and just were just sitting there to kind of respect other people or we engaged in that moment to receive that love that we so need to love others. It was, in a sense, 
a very easy thing to do, right? It's like, okay, sure, yeah, I want a greater capacity to love others. And so we all want that. It's like, Lord, give me love for my my spouse that it would be deeper. Lord, um, you know, give me a greater love for my, my friends or, you know, um, give me a greater love for my kids. Like, help me love them like I've never loved them before. Or maybe it's, you know, um, I want to love my boyfriend or girlfriend in the way that you want me to love them. I want, I want to love them in that, that pure way that, that you've, that you, that you want. Or, or maybe it's, um, you know, Lord, help me love my neighbor. You know, whatever that might look like. And, uh, and maybe it's, Lord, help me love my family because I'm stuck with them. And so I need, I need, I need you to help me love them. Right? I mean, when we start talking about people like that, and we say, God, increase my capacity to love these people. It's sort of a, it's sort of a no-brainer. It's like, yeah, I'm in for that. I want, I want to love these guys more. But, but Jesus says, but, but my enemy, you know, like my rival, someone that, that, that hates me, you want me to love them? I mean, now we're, we're entering a whole new territory, aren't we? We're going into, into, into an area that is not as easy as loving my spouse more or loving my kids more or loving my friends more, right? We're going into a whole new, whole new level. And Jesus, Jesus goes there, right? It's like, oh, you know, he, he just, he just doesn't want to just, there's no status quo with Jesus. He, he pushes us to go to places that are going to be very challenging and that are going to stretch us and that are going to require us ultimately to draw nearer to him so we're able to do what he's called us to do. You know, Giuseppe, when he was here uh, a while back, he talked about uh, just him journeying with the Lord. And, and one of the things he said was, following Jesus is simple, but it's not easy. And, and maybe we've heard that before, but this is one of those situations, right? Following Jesus is simple, but it is not easy. Especially when we read scriptures like this one. Like these are the ones that you want to omit sometimes, right? Uh, we'll just leave that one for later. Carry on. Um, let's get into the ones that talk about blessing me, right? Um, but, but Jesus calls us to go to these places. Um, another guy, and it'll be up on the screen here, Blomberg, he said this, the true test of genuine Christianity is how believers treat those when they are naturally inclined to hate, or who mistreat or persecute them. Again, it's like, yeah, this is where, you know, where it gets to be a bit more challenging. And the reality is that, that in and of ourselves, it just isn't going to happen. It's, it's something that we need Jesus to be able to make this happen. It may, you know, it may come easier to some than it will, will to come, will come to others, you know, depending on your story, depending on what's taken place in your life. But we all need God to pull this off. And so when I read passages like this, I ask myself questions like, um, why is this important? And why, like, why does this matter? Like, why, why, why Jesus did you throw this in the scriptures for us to sort of follow after? And so, um, I believe as Christians, two important goals we should have. And they're this and they'll be up on the screen. To be, to be more Christ-like daily. And uh, to show ourselves distinct from the rest of the world. So to grow in Christ-likeness, to show ourselves distinct from the rest 
of the world. And in this passage, we see indirectly who Jesus is and directly what to do um, to stand out in the crowd. And I think um, the greatest example that Jesus gives us of praying and loving our enemy is when he is on the cross. And some of his final words, or may have been his final words, were this, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. I mean, when you again think of what he would have experienced in those last moments of his life, and then these are the last words that come out of his mouth. I mean, that truth again and that reality of who he is, it's such an incredible example for us to follow after. Again, Father, forgive them, for they do, know, they do not know what they are doing. There was no... There was no hate. There was no hostile behavior. There was no inclination of revenge. It was just love. And when I say just love, I don't mean like it was just love. Like, and I'm not saying that flippantly, but it was, it was all love, 100%, the fullness of who he was. And, and then the, the real, I guess, amazing part of this is that every day, this is his heart for us. You know, Romans 5, 8, it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While, so while we were enemies of God, while, while others are enemies of God, he says, Father, forgive them. It's like he said that on the cross, but he says that in a sense every single day. Father, forgive them. That person is an enemy, but forgive them. And then... I mean, it's just an incredible truth. And what we need to remember in this passage is that we were once enemies of God, but that, but that didn't um, stop him from extending his love to us. He freely, freely poured out his love for you and I. What I've discovered is that growing in Christ's likeness is keeping in the forefront of our minds that we didn't get what we deserved, therefore, we should expect no less when it comes to others. You know, when I read that scripture that I was an enemy of God and he stepped into my world and accepted me right where I was at. And so he calls me now to go do the same, to not look at anybody, to not look down on people, but to just recognize that, that he loves every single one um, just as he loved me. In our uh, life group, we have um, looked at an individual by the name of Stephen. And uh, Stephen's story is found in Acts 6 and 7 in the scriptures. And, and uh, what we see in this individual's life is that he was just a normal guy like, like you and I, a normal follower of Christ. And he loved Jesus, but because of this love, he was hated by others, and he lost his life because of it. And... Um, and if you want, you can read through Acts 6 and 7 at your, at your uh, leisure, at your leisure. But what's so incredible about, again, this story is his final words. I almost said the wrong word again, didn't I? Yeah. Anyhow, um, he's, this is what happens in his final words is that he is, he's dragged out of the city by this angry mob. And, uh, and as they begin to throw rocks or rock after rock at him, he says these words, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. 
And then with that, he breathes his last, last breath. Again, this, this reality that he is surrounded by enemies. And instead of retaliating in hate or instead of trying to run away or do whatever maybe would have come naturally, he just, again, puts his trust in God and he just, and he just says these words, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Again, this was not a guy that was super spiritual or any better than any of us. But again, he had received, he had had that revelation of the Father's love in his heart. And so from that place, he was able to love others as opposed to retaliating, retaliating with hatred. I mean, when you think about how Stephen responded, it sounds a lot like Jesus, right? This is how Jesus responded um, on the cross. No hatred, but just love. In 1 Peter 2.22, it says, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Again, maybe not anything new, but when you look at that scripture in light of maybe persecution, in light of I need to love my enemy, it's not as easy to follow the example of Christ because it doesn't necessarily come naturally. You know, today, today we may not be getting rocks thrown at us, um, but, but followers of Christ can experience persecution and unfair treatment in different ways. And our response should be nothing other than to respond in love. That's what Jesus calls us to respond with. And, uh, I guess with that, you know, I think of the story with Silas and, and maybe one of the reasons why he decided to push the kid instead of maybe use words first is I've, I've told him that, you know what, if you need to stick up for yourself, stick up for yourself. Don't let people walk all over you. If someone's doing something that's not okay, then you need to stick up for yourself. Now, he accidentally went, you know, he skipped a step because the first step is, you know, use your words, say this is not okay, but he just kind of went into push mode. So, um, there's still some things that he needs to learn there, but I, but I did want him to understand that it doesn't mean that you just let people walk all over you or, or take advantage of you or mistreat you and just, you just take it, right? Um, that's not what I believe Jesus is talking about here, but, but, um, that we would, but ultimately, you know, we don't want people to walk all over us, but we need to respond with grace and passion or and compassion, knowing that in this posture, we're maturing, ultimately coming more like the Father. Again, you know, the goal is to become more like Christ. And so in those moments where we want to maybe lash out, God wants us to respond differently. And uh, and so this leads me just to the, the next thing that I wanted to talk about, the two goals that we should have as Christians. Obviously, there's a lot more than this, but in this particular passage. The other one is uh, show ourselves distinct from the rest of the world. So how do we do this? In this passage, it's, it seems to me that it's really, really clear. And um, I believe without neglecting to, to greet and love our very own, because sometimes we can almost take uh, the others that we come into contact regularly, we can kind of take them for granted and maybe not, you know, familiarity breeds content. 
So, you know, we need to continue to, to greet and love our very own. Um, we are to, to greet and love those um, where it doesn't come naturally, though, as well. It's like, again, it's just a real simple thing, but that's what we're called to do. And so, again, it's easy for me to, to love my family. It's easy for me to love many of you. You know, I use many. Just kidding. Um, it's easy for me to, to greet others, right, that will return a greeting. But, but to love and greet the ones that, that have it out for me, Again, that's a completely different story. How do we love those individuals, you know? How do we love those that, that want to see us fail? How do we love those that, that want to make our lives miserable? How do we love those that, that want to make the lives of, my, of our family members miserable? How do we love individuals like that that want to to really do cruel and mean things in our world. How do we love those individuals? And, um, and, and you know, that's, that's, that's a different story. Again, it's easy to love those that, that we're rubbing shoulders with and that are family and friends and, and so on. But to, again, to love these individuals that, that have it out for us. That is where I think Jesus, you know, where we go to a whole new level, I guess. And this is where the rubber hits the road, where the rubber meets the road, where where if we love the way Jesus calls us to love, where we will ultimately stand out in the crowd, where where when we love this way, we will store up treasures in heaven. Again, on earth, it might be extremely challenging. It may be extremely difficult, but this is where we um, ultimately store up treasures in heaven. And this is where, uh, as I've heard before from a speaker, that we will be known in heaven and famous in hell. And ultimately, I want to be known in heaven and I want to be, I want to be famous in hell. I want the enemy to know that, that I'm loving the way Jesus has called me to love. That I'm making a difference in those that are, that are hard to love. In those that always want to just retaliate with hate. I want to just continue to love them the way Christ has called me to love them. So, sometimes the challenge is this. Well, I'll, I'll love these individuals. I'll love and greet them, but I'll do it from a distance. I'll do it, uh, I'll do it in such a way that I give the impression that I'm loving them. And then hopefully that will cut it. And, you know, ultimately God knows our hearts. But I think even in that situation, it's like we know what our intentions are. And it's about being honest with who we are and saying, God, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give the impression. I'm not gonna love from a distance, but I'm gonna love the way you've called me to love. And, uh, you know, the love that Jesus is talking about in this passage is, it's a, it's a generous, warm, costly, sac- uh, self-sacrificial love for another's good. Again, it's like, that isn't, you can't love that way from a distance. You can't love that way, um, you know, from, I guess, um, you know, I'll give the impression that I'll love this way. You can't, you can't do that. And that's the love that, that Jesus calls us to. And, uh, and the, the word greeting here is, again, it's, it's more than a simple hello. It's easy to say hello, right? It's easy to kind of do a, just a common courtesy, um, wave or whatever it might be. 
but this greeting again is it's a it's a heartfelt expression of desire for the other person's welfare again these are potentially our enemies and this is how we are to love and how we're to greet it's like you really actually have to step into their world to love and to greet them the way Jesus is calling us to greet them i think in my own life um sometimes i've made a point to not greet somebody and not say hey how you doing that's a real canadian thing to say how you doing right and when meantime you actually don't care you know it's like so now it's like i would rather say it differently like it's good to see you because if somebody says if if i say how you doing and then they say well let me tell you but i don't have time for them to tell me how they're doing i mean that doesn't look very nice and so i make sure that i say you know when i'm going to greet someone i'm ready to to actually hear what they may have to say and so this greeting and this love that jesus calls us to is just very different than just um doing it from a distance it's about actively going out of our way to do something different something different being open to situations where in order to look different you go into something where you can't go unnoticed again it's easy for me to say i love my wife but it's a significantly different story to say i love that kid that was like being mean to my son right i mean you can have your own example of this because i think we all have these examples it's easy to do this but it's not so easy to do this it's easy to do that but i don't know if i want to go there yet right but when you step into that place of loving differently loving from the heart of the father that's where as believers we won't go unnoticed it's also about when certain situations arise though naturally you may want to respond in an ungodly anger and hate you think about being different like Jesus because sometimes you know maybe we're going to plan to go into a situation that is going to be challenging but very often we find ourselves in situations where i didn't know that was coming i didn't this came out of left field i i can't believe this took place and in that moment we have to be ready how are we going to respond are we going to respond with love or are we going to respond in the opposite of love romans 12:20 says this if your enemy is hungry feed him if he's thirsty give him something to drink in doing this you will heap burning coals on his head so essentially what he's saying is when it comes to loving our enemies we're to do what doesn't make sense that we're to to step into this a different realm that Jesus calls us to step into and it won't make sense but how Jesus lived sometimes just how he responded to people didn't make sense but it was the heart of the father that that led Jesus to do what he did and so god's calling us to go into those situations to respond to those situations that we didn't expect um with love and to and to respond in a way that won't make sense when we live from this place we will not go unnoticed in doing our part in creating a better world right i mean ultimately i think as believers we have this direct access to the father to create 
a better world, to create a better place here in Brighton, to create a better place wherever it might be, whether it's your workplace or at school. We have this, this, the Spirit of God in us to create different space around us because of his goodness and his presence. And so if I could just call Johnny and, and maybe David and whoever would uh, lead right now. I just want to close up here with just some kind of final thoughts. Because ultimately, I remember when I first became a Christian, it's like when I wasn't a believer, I, I sort of uh, lived, a, lived a hard life where uh, I guess I, I partied hard and I, and I just put all my effort into that. And then when I became a Christian, I said, God, I want to give you everything now. I want to, I want to live for you to the, you know, sort of the best of my ability. And then, and then you top it up, so to speak. And, uh, and I think it's in this particular area, again, that I've never wanted to be one that just sort of goes along with the crowd. And as believers, I don't believe God wants us to do that either. He wants us to stand out in the crowd. He wants us to respond differently. He wants us to love the way that he has called us to love. And the only way we can do that is to become more like Christ and to say we can actually make a difference in our circle of influence, in our world, in our community. In Romans 12, 21, it says, Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. And you know, the reality is that we're living in extremely challenging times, right? I mean, it's, it's not hard to just turn on the news or read a newspaper to realize that we're living in challenging times. But, but I want to say that though, though we're in challenging times, they are also great times of opportunity. You know, sometimes you can hang around with some believers and it's all doom and gloom and it's all, it's just, it's just getting worse and, hunker down and just hope for the best. And I just think that, that we have such an opportunity to, to live differently, not so that we can say we're any better than anybody else, but that, so we're loving from, again, the capacity of God and loving our enemies and loving those that make our lives different or difficult so that we can, and so that we can, um, show God's love. We live in challenging times, but these are a great opportunity to really, to really stand out and look different in the crowd. And so, again, it may not come naturally for us to love the way Jesus wants us to love. But if we would just, again, welcome that love to flow in and through us, I know that we will make a significant difference. You know, on Valentine's Day, again, it's easy to love those that maybe it, 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 that are close to us. But Jesus calls us to this, to this tough love, to this, this love that, you know what, we can't do it on our own. And uh, I've thrown a lot of scriptures at you tonight, but this is the one last scripture. And uh, you guys can start strumming away. Oh, yeah, just go for it. Just... It just brings, it just brings a whole new presence in the room. But, and it's just this, in loving our enemies, 1 Peter 3.9, it says, 
Do not pay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. And I just think, you know, again, again, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. And then this whole idea of there's blessing in this. When we love our enemies, there's blessing in that. You know, there's, there's a blessing in, in a number of areas as followers of Christ. But this is one of those areas where it's just like, I, I guess I don't do this for the blessing. I do it because of Jesus, because of what he's done in my life and the, and the, the reality that I was an enemy of him and he loved me. And so now it's my time to, in a sense, respond that way to others. So I don't, I don't do this for the blessing. I do it for Jesus and what he's done in me. But if there's a blessing in it, I'm up for that. Like I'm up for the bonus of getting a blessing for loving people that are significantly challenging to love. Yeah? So my challenge for us tonight, I think I've made it probably pretty clear. But it is to, to find those people that maybe it's difficult to love. To get yourself into those situations where, where you're going to be forced to really rely on Jesus. And ultimately, when we put ourselves in those situations, and I'm not saying put yourself in an unsafe situation, but ultimately, when we put ourselves in that situation... I truly believe we will come out of it looking more like Christ if we um, obey sort of his teachings and what he calls us to. So let's stand together as we sing this last song. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.